Hello and welcome to Racing Incident, a Formula One podcast in an American accent. I'm Anna. And I'm Ellen. And this is episode whatever number I don't even know anymore. I think 10. 10. Oh yeah, that's right. Double digits. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday. Raise the roof. (laughs) Elle is raising the roof. For everyone who can't see her right now, I can assure you the roof is being <laughs> the roof is being raised. Being raised really high. <laughs> really high. Really high. Really yeah. High. So <laughs> thanks everyone for listening as always. And uh, again, quick reminder up top to rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening on. And uh, if you want to send us an email, you can do that at racingincidentpodpod at gmail.com. Tell us if we're super wrong about something or if we're really right either way. <laughs> and uh, you can yeah, yeah. And uh, also remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, both are at racing underscore incident. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but anyway, Elle, you're back. I'm back. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah. How they, was your trip? It was really nice. Um, Yay. It, was, it was good to get some family time and go to the beach and, Aww. you know, do all of that stuff. I that ate a lot sounds of food. nice. Drink a lot of beer. So big thank you. Huge thank you to RJ for filling in. Yeah. Yeah. It was so much fun. And yeah, we love you, RJ. Yeah. Love you. Yeah. (laughs) Best friend of the pod. Thank you so much. We I I appreciate it very much. Yeah, such a friend of the pod. One of probably the best friend of the pod. Other than all our listeners, which are also all our best friends for sure. Besties. Uh, so yeah, um, off week, obviously this week. Um, so uh, we've got plenty to discuss, though. Always, always <laughs> so much to discuss. Always, always so much to say about Formula One and these men <laughs> <laughs> who run the sport. They don't even have to be white anymore, apparently. Because, um, yikes, yeah, yeah, good. yeah. I mean, you know, men are men, whether they're white or not, they're still men, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, there's like a, I mean, I feel sort of, I, I, by the way, I think men are awesome. Some of my best friends are men, uh, you know, uh, you're married to one, I'm married to one, he's very, he's great. Um, you know, so men are great uh, individually, <laughs> but collectively, collectively, uh, not some of the best work humanity has ever put together. Yeah, yeah, it's just, they're, they're not sending their best, basically. No, they really they're aren't. not sending their best uh, to be in charge of the FIA, for example. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I didn't know anything about. Uh, uh, ben Salayam, when he came in, I knew nothing about him other than he, he was involved in railing. That's all I knew. Uh, I figured, okay, a new person, you know, maybe this will be uh, a big change, maybe for the better. Maybe there'll be some positive changes that happen. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. already, I guess we've sort of seen that there are some issues with that, you know, with Jewelry Gate. 
and which you know has been said to be driven primarily by him. Yes, I guess there might be some I, good reasons for it. You know, in a sense, where like they wanted, they wanted to like take the stance of like we're going to enforce every possible rule since we screwed up so very, 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 very badly uh, last season. Since we the, just threw out the rule book, <laughs> right? Just trash. <laughs> just tossed it, tossed it out the window. Yeah. Now well, we're going to like I... look at every single rule. So there's like I understand. <laughs> yeah. I guess sort of where you know that thought process is coming from but (laughs) well you know what the thing about jewelry gate that is very interesting and i had read some reports how true they are i don't know right Mm -hmm. obviously we don't even know how true this thing we're talking about is as well um but the thing about jewelry gate is that i have read that he was so ben salion was like so embarrassed that lewis hamilton didn't show up to the FIA prize giving uh-huh. ceremony, the gala they do every mm-hmm. year. Like, and that's why he's like going after him. Yeah. I've heard those too. He I felt I think, like he was, he embarrassed him. Yeah. I feel like those are definitely rumors. We should say those definitely, are for sure, for sure unsubstantiated by any, um, you know, actual reporting, which there's very little of in, in Formula One. So, you know, I wish I could say one way or the other. You know what I mean? If someone had asked Ben Salayam, hey, <laughs> are yeah, you... we you need, know? like... Oh, sorry, please go on. I was going to yeah, say, yeah. we just need, like, a watch. You know, like, if you ever have... Do anybody on NBA Twitter, we need, like, a, a watch <laughs> or, like, an Adam Schefter. Ah, okay. Tell tell one. tell the listeners who don't know about the NBA what you mean by that. Okay, so Adrian Wojnarowski is a like a is an ESPN guy. He is like the absolute top of the line, foremost expert. I don't know, but like he's the one that like if he says something is is it, it is it. Mm. And Adam Shafter is the NFL guy for ESPN. It's the same kind of deal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I feel like, you know, uh, I feel like, you know, Formula One has people like that, but they don't ask any questions of of the people in power. You know, th- they don't ask difficult questions. They ask them plenty of questions, but there's Very there's true. never, yeah, like, you know, if I was, you know, I don't know, Chris Medland, or if I was whoever, if I was one of the, you know, somebody, you're, yeah, <laughs> yes, they're all a mixed bag, right? Okay, here's my here's my thing is that I feel like and I, I know you're gonna agree with me on this, is that there are really like no actual like Formula One journalists. Yeah. It's all like T V presenters mm-hmm. and I don't even know how to classify Chris Medlin, like to be <laughs> honest with you. Do you know he actually did um his bio on racer.com or wherever often a lot of his stuff appears although he writes for a bunch of different outlets cuz he's freelance. Yeah. He uh uh it actually says that he uh I think he studied journalism in school. Um uh, to some I mean I don't know some what degree. kind of program. Yeah. It was probably I'm sure it was an undergraduate program. Not that it matters. Like you don't need to have actually even no. formally studied journalism to do journalism. It, a lot of people do go to journalism school, but plenty of people don't and they're a phenomenal. I feel like that's ger- a thing in the US, but not yeah. so much. Um, oh, but even in the US, like I know lots of people who oh, you know haven't yeah, who haven't and you know it 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 varies. Uh it yeah. really just depends on the person and the work they do and the, you know, 
to whether someone's successful or not in the field and it's a really competitive field and doesn't pay well in any way, uh, getting off track, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, there's no, there's really nobody like other than, um, I feel like Andrew Benson at the BBC is kind of the only person that, yes. like he's, he's it. Like there's, no <laughs> there's no everyone else. It's like, so tell us about your upgrades. Tell us about your, you know what I mean? Like there's no actual, Difficult questions because I don't know. Well, I I, I kind of know why, but I mean, I'm not I'm not even talking about like people. There are definitely still people out there confused who think that like Will Buxton's a journalist. He's not a journalist, despite no. the fact that he calls himself one on his website. <laughs> no, he's like a you know. He's a host. He's a presenter. He's a host. He's a, yeah, like, that's you know. He's like the the person who's like courtside. Yeah. Yeah, you I know, mean, there's no those people game. can sometimes also be journalists in oh, some cases, sure. but it is not in Formula One. <laughs> well, yeah, and not in like that role specifically that he yeah. does. Like he's not acting as a journalist when he is in the paddock, exactly interviewing. Exactly. Like, oh hey, saw you onto a crash. Yeah. <laughs> shoves a microphone in his face. Like, yeah. hey Toto, how do you feel about the upcoming weekend? You know, like it's not. These are, you know, these are still, it's a valuable uh, function. Oh, still, yes. of course, uh, viewers and fans want to hear from all these people. But um, but there's a difference in just asking, you know, the type of stuff that they ask and asking actually, again, difficult questions. So yes. when you were, uh, there would be somebody, again, if there was real journalism to some degree, someone would... Uh, be talking to uh, Ben Salayim, for example, on a semi-regular basis and asking him directly various questions. I don't know. Maybe they have, and maybe he hasn't wanted to answer them, but that's something you can also report on. You can report on um, when you write a story, for example, about, let's say, Jewelry Gate, you know, like as there have been five million thousand stories written about it, right? Like there's been so many stories written about it that it got the name Jewelry Gate, right? Uh, and which, so, sorry, quick side note, can we stop <laughs> naming things after Watergate? <laughs> uh, I don't think we can. I don't know. That ship has sailed. It's everything's a gate. Yeah. It's <laughs> not, I don't think gate. it's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to be a losing battle for you if you, <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. So like when, in all those stories, for example, if you're someone who's writing a story about that, then you can, you can put, uh, you know, uh, we contacted Ben Salim for comment on such and such or we, and we didn't receive a response. You know, that's yeah. what you're supposed to actually do. You're supposed to actually, yes. uh, because also that builds trust and credibility to show your reader or whoever that you are trying to get all the different sides of the story, you know, so to speak yeah. in this case. Like you're writing about the situation that he is, of course, extremely involved in the, and you're going to give him a chance to uh, to say you know, from his point of view, what he feels the situation is and, and why he's pursuing this course of action, et cetera. And, and so it's like th that they don't do that is very strange to me. It's also very strange. I know I've complained about this before, but I'm going to continue complaining about this. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> as, as that describes so, describe so many things, right? <laughs> For the, that, uh, that when you'll see a story about some ex-driver said this or a team principal said that or whatever, and they don't say what the circumstances were of where they said these things like this yeah. really bothers me because it's like I also don't <laughs> care about <laughs> them 
Like, right, right. That's a whole other matter. But like, but fine. Please, I understand yeah. you have to do what you have to do. You got to get the clicks. Like, I get it. Okay. At least tell me where this was, please. Like, yes. that actually is one of the five, like, what, where, when, who, do you know what I mean? Like, that's yes, supposed the to five be one w of the things. Situation. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just, they're all just floating around somewhere, you know, giving these quotes. It's like, I know this may sound to some people like this is not an important point. Like, why does it matter? But it does actually oh, matter. Yeah. Because it matters whether this journalist or whoever's right. Well, I, again, I don't want to use the word journalist even. This writer, yeah. let's say, who it matters whether did they call this person up? to get their opinion on whatever the situation is or more than likely I mean I'm sure 99.99% of the time it's that they were at some event and they this journalist was covering the event and they asked them about this or this person volunteered this or whatever the case may be you know and but that's something that's important to know absolutely and it also gives you it also helps people I think to understand sometimes I see people like online being like why is this person saying these things you know, like they're kind of they might be upset about, let's say, a quote that yeah. you hear from someone. And it's like, well, why are they saying these things? Is it, it might have been, it was probably like a press conference and a journalist asked them a question and they answered the question. So you yes. would know that if, <laughs> if there was context, if in, they were in like your piece, if they were like at the press conference for such and such event, you know, uh, we asked uh, Total Wolf this and that. And he said this, you know. It would give you that context because there are a lot of people that literally that just do, that don't understand the way media is made and the way that these things happen. And I think that that would help them to because a lot of the time people are upset about things that genuinely they should be upset about. But sometimes yeah. they're upset about things they just don't don't know the process or don't understand or don't. And, and if they did, it would be better because then they wouldn't be upset. Maybe they'd still be upset, but at least they'd know the. <laughs> At least they know the context. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm ranting. No, no, no. You're totally right. (laughs) My other thing is like F1 is obviously just access journalism. Yeah, yeah. And access journalism is barely journalism. Yeah. And it's bad journalism. Yep, 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 yep. Um, So, yeah, FIA, please stop the stupid accreditation process. It's dumb. It's, yeah, it's, as I understand, it's also much harder to get like, like, um, um, you know, our friend of the show, Mike Jokum, who does Pit Lane Parlay, he uh, he has uh, press accreditation for all IndyCar events, like meaning because you can apply for individual yes. um, also, but he has it for all of them. Now, yeah, he didn't get that like his first or second year, I think, doing it. I think it may have taken him. Uh, I could be wrong about this, but he said some, it, it did take him a little while to get yeah. that pass where you have it for every race as opposed to having to apply for each. And, but it sounds like it was much easier. <laughs> Yeah, and that that's not to say, like, you shouldn't have some kind of press, I don't even want to, not accreditation, but, like, press Yeah, there has to be process. some, there has to be some system, of yeah. course. Otherwise, you know, you can't just let every, you know, whoever right. in, of but course. But, like, it, but, it yeah. sounds like the FAA, just from what I've read online, the FAA accreditation process is, like, very, it's very political, right? Like uh-huh. it, oh, shocking. Like I, Something political. <laughs> I know. Like I had seen, I had seen that. Like um, Jessica McFadden, who's oh, she works right. for Autosport magazine. Yeah. Like just got Monaco accreditation. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Monaco, Wait, why like did, why jewel in the happen? crown race, and you're not you're not allowing somebody from Autosport.com to go. I don't understand. Like, why would that? Yes. Did she explain that or no? No, I just I didn't really like investigate it that much. Yeah, she asked yeah. you, but I just saw something about it, and I was like. Because she had said, like, oh, finally got it. 
Wow. What? Like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like, Maybe she was just excited to get it. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I, that would be helpful. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I do hope I'm wrong. I want to put that out there. Yeah, yeah. But it, Ho- that's hopefully what it that's like. all that was because you would think she wouldn't have had, I don't think she would have any trouble um, um, getting press credentials for anything. But that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, it's, it seems like very political. Yeah, um, yeah. Like no, they're it, clearly it, never going to let us in. No. <laughs> I don't even Actually, know if I, I dare you, FIA. I dare you. <laughs> yeah, they're not letting us in. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but but it's funny you say that it's political because I was given to believe by Mohammed Ben Salayam that there should be no <laughs> politics in, in sports. No. So I just don't know why you might be saying that, L, because uh, politics don't belong in sports. I don't know if you've heard. But it turns out that, you know, people like Alan Prost and Nikki Lauda, they only cared about the racing. And therefore, Sebastian Vettel riding around on a rainbow bicycle or Lando Norris talking about mental health or Lewis talking about all the stuff he talks about is like, we don't want that. We don't want that here. In the words (laughs) of Nikki Lauda, that's bullshit. Yeah, (laughs) that's right. That's right. I feel like Nikki would agree. I hope, I, I think that he would I agree. Have no idea. <laughs> because even though he may not have talked, as far as I know, about like political things in the sense of like things that are going on in the world or whatever, he did uh, make himself quite a force in terms of being a leader among the drivers. You know, he wanted them to like, like he didn't like, that was a true story that mm-hmm. of course Rush was based on like where right. that actually happened, where he didn't want, he thought it was unsafe to race. You know, he was a leader in that type of situation. So I hope I'd like to believe he would agree. <laughs> well, and, and like, even if he didn't or whatever, but it, I don't think it necessarily matters what right. the driver's, did or didn't think or did or didn't believe in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s like it's 2022 it's not 1995 okay yeah so it doesn't really matter no no and and you know it's also not true sport has always (laughs) been always been (laughs) sport has always been political maybe what he's saying is i guess formula one hasn't been which you know uh i yes and no i guess I mean, it's a sport for rich people. How is that not political? Right, but that's that's what people don't understand, and I feel like this is something to just briefly explain because this is a line that a lot of people, you know, throw around, right? That like, oh, politics doesn't belong in sports. Well, I think there's a just you know there's a fundamental misunderstanding of what is meant by politics. Like, yes, politics. Like people don't, you know, people think that um, people think that you have to actively make something political for it to be political but that's not actually how it works no it's things are political because they pertain to something that is a social issue a cultural issue a um an issue of race or gender let's say an issue of whatever you know so many different factors an economic issue you know all kinds of issues uh are those are political issues right those are the types of things that our political action or activism or whatever we do, whether if it's whether you just go to vote and that's it, or you do other things, whatever the case may be, you are trying to solve problems in all these areas by doing that. Or you're trying to give your answer, your solution mm-hmm. for what you want. That, to, like for example, if you feel that 
you know, if you're a fiscal conservative and you vote for people who are fiscally conservative, your feelings are that the government should spend less money because of such and such and such. Like you have reasons for that. It's not just like, right. oh, the government should spend less money just because you might you might feel that way because you think, you know, that people <laughs> I have a hard time defending such a position. But anyway, <laughs> there are people who feel yes, that way. Yes, because you, you know, believe that the government should spend that, less money. Like yeah, you, said, you think like, that poor people shouldn't get anything and everyone should pull themselves up by their bootstraps. You know, you and read, you, so you read you, too those much, are um, <laughs> Ayn Rand, and exactly, Emerson, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so you believe, you know, and that's and those are your political views that they're based on things that have to do with society, with people's uh, whether you realize it or not. Uh, they have to do with things like people's uh, potentially race or gender, people's sexual orientation. Sometimes, uh, you know, there are people who don't believe that people who are queer should be able to get married, let's say, and they might vote for someone who opposes that. Anyway, everything is is most things are political in some right. way is what right. it is. Like there's what's not political. I don't know, like an apple, well, you know. Like <laughs> well, even then, like, you know, I think people sometimes forget like politics is essentially like how we as societies deal with like power Mm -hmm. right and so there are always power dynamics in every situation that you find yourself in and so to say that something can't be political is you know fundamentally false because there is always a power dynamic at play Mm -hmm. in whatever situation you're in being able to discern and work through those power dynamics is a really important skill in our world you know, and even not even to bring it in the context of social issues, you know, you can look at if you watched Drive to Survive, then you would understand that Formula One is a political sport in the in the sense that it's there are all these shifting power dynamics between the drivers, the team principals, the FIA, Liberty Media, you know, in between the, the two drivers themselves. Mm-hmm. So everything is political. That's that's my ultimate point. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's right. There's those internal dynamics that are, it's sort of a different type of politics, you could say, where yeah. it's, it's just dealing within, within the organization. And I think probably most people would agree that that's a factor in, in that Formula One and in every other sport and in every other. But yeah, right. it's where people start to say that, well, you shouldn't bring all this outside political stuff in. But that's the thing. It's not outside of anything. It doesn't it's, exist it's in a vacuum. Part, yeah, we don't, nothing exists in a vacuum. Um, not you know, each of our individual lives are, you know, for example, like I, there, there, we just, a lot of people just don't realize it because they don't know how things work necessarily, or they don't give it a lot of thought as to how it was that they ended up, let's say, living where they do. Why is, does their neighborhood look a certain way? Why does, why is their school a certain way? Why are they going to college or not going to college? Why are they driving a certain car? Why are they, you know, there's all of, there's all these things are not, you know, accidents of fate, right? There are things that happen to make uh, all these different factors act on our lives. And, and there, a lot of them are political. Right. You know, just, Everybody's got to start bringing a toddler energy yes. to everything. Like, just start asking why and then keep going. Keep asking why. Yes. Yes. I love like, it. A toddler energy. You know, it's it. crazy to me. Like, we're, we're sitting here talking about Formula One because both of our families decided that they needed to leave the place they're originally from. Mm-hmm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a very American experience for sure. But, um, 
you know, no, no matter how far removed you are from that particular event. But, um, you know, another point I wanted to bring up about the politics aspect is that, you know, sports are a form of culture. And I would argue that, you know, politics are also a form of culture too. Definitely. And so, you know, they, they exist, you know, simultaneously and it's sometimes it's okay to separate them and it's also sometimes not okay to do that and you have to look at both at the same time in context of each other yeah and I think you know it's very telling and I I think most people listening to this who um, you know think the way we do I guess and feel about things the way we do and and lots of other people do would understand that usually when you have these types of discussions where some people are like oh I I don't like politics and sports or I don't like politics and what do you know fill in the blank like it could be anything you know I don't want politics and music I don't want politics and you know movies I don't want whatever you know the types of people that usually say that are typically people who uh, while they don't live in apolitical existence, again, things are things are still acting on them in their lives. Right. They're not aware of there being anything, you know, that is acting on their lives because very oftentimes, privileged. yeah, oftentimes they're very privileged and they are oftentimes the default, Let's in, in the, which in the U.S. is a white Christian male who's straight and cis. And they don't have... I guess, you know, they they don't have the types of issues or problems that somebody might have who is not um, of that identity. And so to them, you know, they they have an easier time, like being like apolitical, just being like, like the you know, like the Danny Rick, I don't watch the news, you know, because right. like, I don't, you know, well, I don't Which care. None also, of that stuff applies to me, you know? Right. Oh, I would love for none of it to apply to me either. I know. That's not the reality. <laughs> um, and also not a good thing to do. But, yeah, you know, I also want to make the point that choosing to be that way is also a political statement, mm-hmm. right? Like choosing mm-hmm. not to vote is making a choice. Yep. And True. so True. think about, think on these things. Yes. You know? Yes. Give it some thought. Give it some if thought. You, you like, know, and I, I mean, it's my hope that like if we accomplish nothing else doing this show that like people, that we can accomplish people thinking about these things more deeply and to push back against those kinds of statements when you hear them from people like if you know people that's one of the reasons I mean there are many reasons a lot of people dislike Lewis or Seb or anyone who's you know outspoken about things Uh, but that's one of the reasons you know where they're like oh they should just you know they should just stick to driving like just stick to driving or people don't like when actors are you know very active let's in in a political area you know they just stick to acting you know it's like but we're all people we're all uh you know we're, we're all citizens of uh uh whatever of country we live in yeah. and we're yeah we're citizens of this world and we have a right to uh make our opinions heard no matter what so you know like we I mean, I, I would love it if I had the platform of uh, someone like Lewis or someone else, oh, yeah. you know, on that level where not only can you still talk about your opinion like we're all entitled to do, but you have such tremendous power to possibly, you know, affect actual change potentially because there are so many people that are paying attention to what you're saying. And so it's a uh, I, I know that it's a responsibility that. Uh, he takes very seriously mm-hmm. and that everyone should people shouldn't just you know say whatever if you have a large platform for sure 
I mean, for people that, I mean, this is so long now for us not to have really said anything but <laughs> about why we're talking about this. But if you didn't see, I will, of course, put the link. But, um, you know, it was Ben Salayam recently gave an interview where he spoke about these things and was like, oh, I don't, you know, there's too much politics in Formula One. You know, motorsport is too political now. Uh, you know, again, like I said, like the thing about Nikki Lauda and Alan Prost were only interested in driving. But this is the exact quote, guys. Now Sebastian Vettel rides a rainbow bicycle. Lewis Hamilton is passionate about human rights. And Lando Norris is into mental health. Everyone has the right to have their opinions, of course. But we must decide whether it is correct to impose our thoughts on something related to sport at all times. So it's like he's saying that you guys can have these opinions. But stop trying to force them on other people. (laughs) Like, stop trying to force your human rights on other humans. Well, you know... And here's the thing, like, if you don't want sports to be political, then stop accepting money from the Saudis. There you go. Or insert said government. That was just the first one that came to mind because I <laughs> wanted to talk about, yeah. like, sports washing. But, yeah. you know, you don't have Aramco as a sponsor. Really, there you go. There's yeah. a very simple... There you go. Simple... Uh, Get, like, or, um, you know, solution, flower but, company instead. You know, they're right. not going to have as but much even, money... So, right. look, you're not going to be able to have as nice a, you know, series and, you know. <laughs> yeah, but even then, it's like, you, when you start to, kind of, you go down these rabbit holes about stuff like that, it's, you start to realize, like, how ridiculous that is. Like, mm-hmm. of course, everything is political. Like, yeah. Like, this is not a controversial statement. I hope everyone understands this is not a controversial statement. If you don't see the politics in a situation, then it's probably because you're in a privileged position where it doesn't affect you. You know, for the and that's those are the types of people I have heard often complaining about. Um, you know, like I like we've been here now, we've survived, uh, you know, four years of the Trump presidency, for example. <laughs> yeah. Those were barely, I mean, a lot of people didn't survive. Let's remember yeah, that. Let's, yeah, that's actually uh, a great lots point. Lots of people Thank actually did not up. survive. Uh, luckily, we are fairly privileged and we survived. And, um, you know, I remember during those four years when it was a time of, you know, a lot of activism, a lot of, you know, which sadly hasn't always continued and should have still, but anyway. Uh, but, you know, I remember, like, online, there'd be, like, people who are like, oh, you know, I'm unfollowing a lot of people now or I'm, like, you know, blocking a lot of people because there's just so much negativity and so much, you know. And it was always without fail. It was always, like, a white guy, you know, who was complaining about this. Now... You can unfollow whoever you want. You can right. block whoever you want. It's a free country, at least here where we live. <laughs> yeah. Sort of, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Still, to, to some degree. Uh, Freedom uh, ain't free. Yeah. Well, you're still free to do that anyway. You can't get necessarily an abortion in some places. But you can block people on Twitter all you want. So go for it. Have at um, it. That, you're still free to do that. <laughs> we, love, we love the block button. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Use it liberally. Uh, but, you know, so that's all fine. But then like to come out and say, like, it's because people are being negative. Well, there's a lot of negative things going on in the world. And it's <laughs> if you don't want to hear about that. Go watch a you Disney know, movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, or just don't. I just, you know, it's it's a fundamental lack of caring about those things is what yeah. it feels like most of the time when someone says that. And so it's like, what is, what is, I, I'm distressed by, you know, the president of the FIA saying that apparently it's not important to him 
uh, that that there are some drivers who speak up for human rights or for mental health or whatever the case may be. Like, how are you going to put a bad spin on people talking about human rights and mental health and these sorts? You know, I mean, this is not. And he could, and then later on, he like compared it to he was like, well, I'm Muslim, but I don't force my beliefs on other people. I'm like, that's it's not the not same, the sir. Same thing. <laughs> that is not the same. <laughs> There's not remotely like that we said the, that at the same. same time, but yeah, not the same thing at all. Oh yeah, it's you know, it's just you know, but I could I could see there's some people like reading that and being like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Right, he's not forcing his beliefs on anyone, so people shouldn't force their beliefs on other. But it's <laughs> human not rights is not a belief; uh, it is an innate, you know, things having to do with human rights are innate rights we all have. Things having to do with mental health to are things exist that exist as a human being. Yeah, would world. greatly benefit society if people uh, were able to take better care of their mental health. It would be a benefit to all of society. This is not a belief; it's a fact. Yes, and you know, it's it's so yeah, it's not the same as as uh, saying that I don't. Which yes, no one should force anyone's religious beliefs on anyone else for sure. Uh, but this is not a religious belief. <laughs> this is, you know, it's a, it's a political belief. Yes, that some people I guess don't share. But I'm sure he's not even saying that he doesn't share it. He really is just saying that you know he's like he doesn't like that they're so I, about these things. I kind of feel like it's like a nobody look over here. Like don't look at what we're doing. Yes. Like don't look at us. We're not doing anything. Yes. 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 Like, yes. But that's meanwhile, what it felt, yeah, that's what it felt like to me too. And in fact, having races in places they shouldn't be having races. Yeah. Accepting money from Aramco. I accepting think, money from I, I don't think they even care about that stuff though do you know what I mean I don't think they know? even care to like detract attention away from anything like that because think about how fast that stopped being talked about like the race in True. Saudi Arabia with the you know think about how fast everything stops being talked about you know what I mean when it's any and no one's ever even I think no one ever even talks about Aramco or any other troublesome sponsors except for people like us and other people like and us and we will continue like a, to talk about yeah, it yeah which we're like a still I think a smaller, per- a small percentage, probably of the overall. Oh yes. You know, um, I mean, I hope that changes someday. But for now, I think it's probably a small number of people because a lot of other people are not willing to say something negative about something they also really love, uh, which we've talked about before. How that's okay to do and you should do it. Oh, and if yeah. you love something, you want it to be better. Exactly. So there's there's nothing wrong with saying, yeah, I love Formula One. I love it. Love it. Obsessed. It's the best. It's fantastic. But <laughs> there are these things that should maybe change. It doesn't mean you love it any less. Right. You know, it's, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I felt the same way actually about this story with like where uh, Mohammed Ben Salim was like, well, the FIA is in severe debt or whatever. <laughs> this, did you see this? Like he, uh, so now it makes sense why he wanted to like extract maximum amount from the teams for six sprint races next season apparently the FIA well I don't want to say they're broke because they're probably not broke but apparently they're in debt and from what I don't know again these are the types of questions that might be answered by uh, someone who's a journalist doing some kind of research and investigating you know (laughs) I would love like the Wall Street Journal to do like a yes like financial dive Ooh, maybe into... I should try to... I'm going to try to pitch this to people, I feel like. There are, Please I mean, do, I, because I... 
I will help you. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't I know as would many love people to read as I that. used to, but I um yeah. No, that would be I've got I got to try to such an interesting article There's just to so read. much there's so much that can be looked into. It's just it's like where to even begin, you know, but um yeah, I mean, I would love that too because it felt like a strange thing to be bringing up. Again, I don't know under what circumstances he talked about these things because we never know. But uh, but yeah, he um, he talked about the fact that uh, that yeah that they uh, that he thinks there's been like financial mismanagement. I mean, he didn't exactly say that Jean Todd or any he didn't like say that like they like massively screwed up or something. But he said that financial mismanagement <laughs> at a large sporting I know, I know. organization Hard governing party. Hard to believe, I know. Shocking. <laughs> Do you know, I felt the same way when I read the thing about, like, where Christian's like, well, we're not going to be able to, like, come to all the races if you don't raise the um, the budget cap. And I'm like, well, first of all, I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of course, I was like, oh, so you won't be on Sky? All right, cool. <laughs> don't come to the race. It's good. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm good with it. Like, all right, so um, this one out. Yeah, yeah, you know, but 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 seriously, when he said that, I remember thinking like, well, you know, there again, these other teams have managed to stay under the budget cap. They're not even at the budget cap in some cases. The budget cap was set at such a place where they felt it was like a fair amount mm-hmm. that it would still, you know, some smaller teams are not even able to spend as much as the budget right. cap is at. So if you're one of the bigger teams, like, of course, it's going to be more of a challenge for you to, to stay under it. But it's like, OK, I don't know. You're going to have to, like, cut out some frills or something or well, like or that. Do, that's the, the point, right? That's is the like whole you, point. You yeah. can't just, like, outspend right. your competitors because, of course, if you outspend Williams, like, n- no crap, like, you're going to have a faster car. Yeah. I mean, it's like you're already you're already have a lot of benefits that a smaller team doesn't have. You have the more talented people. You have the more you know whatever. You have all these you have other a wind benefits. Tunnel, yeah, you have and you a yeah new factory whatever you know. Right, and you are spending more money than them still, um, and you're complaining and saying you're not going to be able to come to all the races. Like, come on, like there's okay. Like, the next season, don't spend as much, <laughs> and then maybe you can go to all the races. Yeah. Yeah, I really like what uh, I really like that they, they like quoted Atmar in that story where he was like, "Well, you know, we had a we have a budget and we plan that out ahead of time." And we even he was like, "Cause they've been all making a lot of noise about the inflation with like the ship cost of freight and all this other stuff, yeah. which is like fair. Is, that's that's like, actually that's, a very that's fair, fair enough. Yeah. But even about that stuff, Omar was like, "Well, we like anticipated that, so we built that into our budget." I was like, "Huh." Well, would you look at that? You know, you know, Otmar, <laughs> the man from Michigan. Frugal. Seriously, Midwest sensibility. I'm telling you, that's right. That's you know right. what? We should send Christian a copy of that book, uh, the Dave Ramsey like budgeting book. Yes, yes, it'd <laughs> be <we> funny. Should. <laughs> we should mail that to how Red to create a zero balanced budget or whatever. <laughs> totally. I don't totally. know. I've never. Re- that's just the first financial guy that came into my head. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, I'm sure um, there's like there's so many books we could send him. There's so many of those books that are like self-help rich dad, books poor for dad. like, for yeah, <laughs> for individual people. They don't write them for massive corporations. Nevertheless, I think Never, the well, you know, could be in the applied. eyes of the U.S. government, corporations are individuals. True, so true. Personal true. finance becomes yeah, there you go. Corporate there you finance. Go. Uh, I think the lessons could still be applied. 
you know, uh, like where I'm sure in those uh, books they give you useful advice. Like, let's say for some reason, you know, like let's say, for example, I don't know if this is still even really the case anymore that if you cook, it's going to cost less than if you like eat out. Sometimes it's very comparable these days, actually. But yeah. with the cost of everything, with the cost of I went to the grocery store recently. Yeah, I mean, sure, it's like Yikes. bad out there. Yeah, it's like serious. Uh, but like, you know, they'd give you that type of advice in the past instead yeah. of like, going out to eat, try cooking more at home. Well, Christian, instead of having like whatever food you have in your hospitality, maybe you have less fancy food. Maybe you hire fewer people who are there to keep all the guests happy. Less, you know, pretty ladies and and, uh, whatever, because they're always like these very attractive women that work in hospitality. Uh, of course. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if you're a Ferrari, maybe you have to fire the guy who's, whose job it is to, or, or, or put him somewhere else in the Ferrari organization that isn't working on the F1 team, perhaps. You know, maybe there's something else he can do. You you get rid of the guy who's, whose job it is, like, to make sure that Carlos and uh, Charles' clothes are, like, perfectly packed and they have the most, you know, beautiful. Like, they, I don't know if they're actually, I guarantee you there are people whose, it's actually their jobs to do this kind of thing at Ferrari. Because I, Ferrari is known for like taking extra? like drivers have spoken about this who've driven for Ferrari that like as a Ferrari driver you're yes the expectations on the other end of it I guess are very high and whatever but what you're getting uh, on the on the other end of it is that like you are taken care of like you are you know like a king and <laughs> and so maybe you could get rid of some of that I mean I'm just saying and then yeah. again you just can't develop endlessly it's supposed to be the whole point that's supposed to be the whole idea behind it like, stop your complaining. Oh, my God. I can't. <laughs> I mean, I felt and the same way. Meanwhile, meanwhile, <laughs> do you want to know, uh, since uh, I assume you didn't see this in great detail, what the budget of the FIA is? Do, do you want to guess? Do you want to um, guess what it is? Probably something with a B. Uh, it's not actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. not great at guessing this type of stuff. Okay, so okay, I'll just tell you. you. I'll just tell you. Yeah, please so tell me. So it's 23 million euros, which, you know, is kind of low. That seems very low. It's quite low, which actually then when I did read that, I was like, oh, maybe that's why <laughs> you're in debt. You don't actually have a lot of money. I mean, just to put this into perspective, you guys, like, just to, uh, in 2019, uh, uh, Alfa Tari, which at the time was Toro Rosso, of course, in 2019, they were one of the lowest spending teams on the grid, like second mm-hmm. to low or whatever. Their budget was $138 million, just as a comparison. And this was in 2019. Budgets are probably higher now, uh, I would assume. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> now, this, this is what I'm... This, going back to the journalism thing, this is what I'm talking about. Like, I want a piece where they delve into the financials of the FIA and the teams and how mm-hmm. those mismatched budgets create conflict between them because I mm-hmm. feel like this is some really important context that we've been missing when we've been talking about the issues between the FIA and the teams and f Yes, 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 totally. Like, I, what is, the, like, Liberty Media, I don't know. In fact, they're a publicly traded company. You could more easily get information about their financials yes. than you could about, they, they have to file reports. They have to, no one is looking into 
any of this stuff. It's just so frustrating. Like, guys, I wish we could do it, but like you have give to us pay me money. Re- yeah, give us the resources <laughs> to do it and I would do it. Like pay me a salary, someone, and I would do it, you know? And it but it's just it's frustrating that there are people who are paid salaries and they just have no interest in doing this or don't think that maybe there's an audience for it. I don't know. Um, me, I am the audience. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not gonna do it just for us too, but I guarantee there'd be other people who would be interested. There definitely would be, you know, because I feel like people talk, there's so much stuff that gets talked about in in the community of people who are fans or whatever, whether, or even mm-hmm. content creators like us who are like, we talk about things and there's so much that we don't know that we can't, honest, that we can't really address because we don't know a lot of facts about all these things. We don't know what the FIA, like, okay, so they have this 23 million euro budget. How much in debt are they? What exactly happened? Why how, are they? <laughs> how is that money being spent? Like, yes. What proportion of it is going to F1, is going to rally driving, et cetera? Is this why we're not paying marshals? Because that's kind of BS. Yeah. Is this yeah. why it's hard to find race directors? Oh, on that topic, just very quickly, that is another yeah. thing. Mohammed Ben Salim has been doing a lot of complaining recently, a lot. I don't know what this is all about because I feel like it's been like all these things all at once, like within the last week or couple weeks. Like, I feel like this somehow must be related to the friction that has been reported as being between FIA and F1, um, you know, Formula One management being kind of wanting to maybe potentially even, you know, sideline the FIA to the point of being like almost irrelevant, like just a figurehead type thing because they've been unhappy with. Uh, you know, the handling of things and uh, reportedly they were unhappy about the handling of, you know, things last year, and which, mm-hmm. you know, who could blame them? Uh, don't blame them on that <laughs> one, because I'm I mean, unhappy I was, as well. Yeah, I, I was actually happy to hear about that at least. I was like, oh, good. <laughs> oh, good, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, someone wasn't happy about that other than a lot of us, like, really angry fans on Twitter or whatever. Like, that, that made me feel a little better. <laughs> That someone in some official capacity, you know, was actually like, oh, that didn't go so well. And that they weren't, you know, with the investigation afterwards and whatever, which was a non-investigation. Nothing really happened um, other than they clarified rules that were already there. (laughs) They were like, these are still the rules. (laughs) That we didn't follow. Yes. Yes. And yeah, they got rid of Michael Massey, but it's like, who cares? Because now... The issue, again, like people, uh, we weren't doing the podcast back then, but trust us when we tell you that us and many, many other people were saying all along, Michael Massey is not the problem. Like, he he did the thing. But the the fish rots from the head, you know? Like, yes. Like, <laughs> yes. It's a whole thing. It He's just, just kind of, he got scapegoated, yeah, basically. Exactly, exactly. Which, you know, is like still fair. because like it's still, Yes, because he still did the action, but yeah. like. There is a larger problem. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. And like, and I think we're seeing that, you know, this season with people being so unhappy that Monaco started an hour late, which on the one hand, you know, how did you, how did you do? Were you watching live or no? When? uh, Um, Yes, because um, it started late. (gasps) Right, right. Yeah, it gave you actually a chance. Yeah. 
it, but yeah, but there were a lot of, <laughs> I remember seeing a lot of people being like, I woke up at whatever time, you know, here in the U.S., we have to wake up real early for um, for the races very often. And of course, so people on the West Coast, which are, to, you know, we're like really not happy. <laughs> like, I could have slept an extra hour. <laughs> so I kind of felt bad for them. I'll yeah, the bit. West Coast is hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's serious F1 fandom out there. If you're, you know, you're you're deeply committed if you're waking up. But yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to happen for me this week. Yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You're just going to have to, yeah, catch up or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, like if we have to wake up at 7, let's say they have to wake up at 5, that's, you know, crazy. It's rough. Um, they probably just go back to sleep <laughs> after I, I imagine some people do. I wouldn't be able to, but some people can because I get all, like, excited and, you know, I can't go to sleep when that happens. But, uh, but yeah, but anyway, uh, the you know, uh, like I feel like people – are you know some people were very upset about it starting late even though they said that it was because the there was an electrical problem with the start lights uh you know like those actually like those five lights yeah and it was <laughs> raining pretty hard it was it and i mean you know i th- i think it's a fair point that when they first were saying we're delaying it wasn't really raining hard at all but they were saying that like more rain was coming whatever like i do I, I feel like I haven't really loved a lot of the discourse around this because of the fact that it's been a lot of like people saying like, well, this is what they do. They're racers. They're supposed to be able to race in wet weather and they have the special tires for it. And, and it's Monaco. So you're not going, you know, well, first of all, it's Monaco. It's which Monaco. Is, so you definitely shouldn't be yeah, <laughs> with extra. Like I haven't, I wish I'd shit. looked this up beforehand, but it, doesn't rain in Monaco that often, I don't think. So it's not great when, of course, it's, you know, tougher to drive in the wet, period. But it's easier on a track with runoff and, you know, you're just less, you know, and of course. And so what I mean by not like loving a lot of the commentary around it from people who, you know, even like, I mean, on the on the broadcast, like, you're like Martin Brundle and Crofty were like apoplectic, practically. Like they were, I mean, people were way more upset about this race starting late than they were about like what happened last year in Abu Dhabi. Like I have to say, I'm like, <laughs> you're way more upset about this, you guys. You like well, this it, is very telling. The thing. <laughs> Had the race gone forward, people would have been like, that was unsafe, and we shouldn't have done that. Blah blah yeah. blah, whatever. So you can't have it both ways, folks. I mean, I don't think these same people would say that though, because what I'm what I what I was trying to say is that like it's this very like toxic masculinity thing. I feel like oh, you're supposed to be tough. You're a tough, tough as nails race car driver. You're supposed to be able to race in these conditions. Like, listen, we got people out there like Lance Stroll, like Nikki Latifi, like like I'm sorry to say, lately Mick. You know, other people who are um I I don't think they are tough as nails. I'm sorry. Like well, in terms you of you can be tough but not stupid. Yeah, yeah, and also like again, we like we don't actually want people to be seriously hurt. Like I don't think no, that that's I don't want to watch that. I don't know if that's actually like no one actually knows if they if that was the reason they delayed. Like I've also heard people questioning whether that electrical thing is true or not that the lights weren't working because they were saying well they were working during F2. Well, things can happen to electrical systems that they were working at one point and now they're not, you know, first of all. But um uh but you know, it's like it was just very strange that that uh that people were I feel like it was not really that important to be that upset. About, about that so yeah but 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 nevertheless uh, we should say that it's like this is not a serious sport also on the one hand if like you can have this 
big of a if if it really was an electrical problem like that, which which is why they couldn't do a standing start. It was also why they like even after then it got better and they were like okay we're going to start where they still have to start behind the safety car because of the fact that the lights weren't working allegedly yeah. um you know i mean i have no reason really to doubt it uh but of course people a lot of people can't believe anything the fia says because of <laughs> <laughs> because of past experience yeah, yeah. so um, anyway uh we and, must uh, get to our tweet of the week yeah with that before we wrap it up yeah Tweet of the week. Woo. Okay. So um, we uh, want to give an honorary uh, mention to um, Asaf, who uh, made this really cute uh, graphic where he talked about his favorite uh, his favorite F1 podcast, of which we were one. And that was so Thank sweet. Thank you. So Thank sweet. You. I mean, love that little l- graphic. So cute. I'm it was so put cute. A link. I loved it. It was funny, yeah. cute. It was special. so well made, yeah, yeah, and it really it did reflect all the different uh, personalities of the different podcasts that uh, that he put on there. So I'll put a link for you guys. Um, but uh, but our winner. Um, oh, first, also oh, another yes. honorable mention to a good friend of the pod, Hector uh, Rocket of Cheddar. Um, he this this relates back actually what we were talking about earlier. Um, he tweeted at us, the mere playing of the anthem before every race is very clearly a political act. Mm-hmm. People have just gotten so used to it that they don't think about what it means. So. Very true. Chew on that. Yeah. And write I mean, us an email about it. Yeah. People, you know, uh, I'm sure, you know, for, for Danny Rick, it's just something to dance to. Uh, but <laughs> it is actually a national anthem emblematic of a nation, which is a political entity. Uh, and you know, anthems reflect a lot of actually political things. Like if you listen to often the lyrics or the, you know, um, so yeah, uh, very very good point by Hector, and is a perfect example of you know how you can't actually divorce politics from sports. from sports. Yeah, you can't. I mean, people just don't think of things like this as political anymore. Like you know, they just again, like he said, they just get used to it. But it, it is a political thing. Um, so. Uh, but yeah, but our big big winner of tweet of the week this week was our new bestie Shannon, who is at IndyCar Chick on Twitter, um, and she—that's her name on Twitter because she's uh, super into IndyCar and she's on um, pit lane parlay a lot of the time where they when they cover IndyCar because they do both IndyCar and F1, and she is of course has been an IndyCar fan for a super long time and is super knowledgeable about it. But anyway, uh, we tweeted a picture of. Lewis from one of his Instagram stories where he's like working out and it looks like he's got stuff in his pockets at least it looked like that way to me because they're kind of like well like like he probably maybe had his phone in there other things you know who knows uh but I I posted it on our Twitter and I was like what does Lewis have in his pockets wrong answers only and Shannon tweeted Max Verstappen's soul (laughs) (laughs) we appreciated that one Shannon which gave us a good giggle And then her and I had a little back and forth then about it too, of course, where I was like, well, does he have a soul? I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to any, if any Max fans, I'm sorry. Like I'm rolling I, my I, eyes. Okay, guys. I know. <laughs> I know there's probably some good in there, but like if, if, if there is no soul, it's not Max's fault. I blame his father, you know, yeah. uh, who we didn't really address, uh, which another is probably time. for the best. Yeah. Another I time, but. Yas Verstappen will get on Sky and say something stupid, 
in like four to six weeks in, and we can talk about it. In a day that then. ends in Y, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like the little league dad that everyone hates or like the soccer dad that's like, why aren't you putting my son, why isn't my son starting? Or why isn't, if people didn't see, he complained that like, that Red Bull uh, gave preferential treatment, he felt like, to Checo uh, in Monaco over Max. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's, uh... Well, so, yeah, so if, if there's no soul in Max Verstappen, it's his dad's fault. It's not his. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. And on that note. <laughs> and on that note, thank you for the funny tweet, Shannon. Congratulations. And uh, on that note, we will talk to you guys next week after Baku. Yay. Azerbaijani Grand Prix. Woo. Woo. Gonna be another street track. Maybe Checo can do real well again. He would be the only repeat winner. Ah, uh, that's right. That would be cool. Yeah, that maybe would be ho- cool. Hopefully, no excessive partying this time afterwards. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> we'll see, we and shall see. we shall see. On that so, note, on that note, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We are an independent podcast made with love, and we appreciate each and every one of you who listens. Racing Incident is hosted by me, Anna Tarkov, and Ellen Nolly. It is produced by myself and Ellen, and editing and tech support is by Tim Rodriguez. Charles, what's happened with Max? Nothing, just an incident on the race.